This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm Champ Thornton, your host. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today, I'm so glad to welcome back to the podcast, Jessica Thompson. Jess is mom to three adult children and a frequent conference speaker. Her heart is to see women, families, and children freed from the bondage of moralism and to live in the joyful freedom of the gospel. Jess is also co-author of a popular parenting book called Give Them Grace, Dazzling Your Kids with the Love of Jesus. And she's also written books on her own, Answering Your Kids' Toughest Questions. And she's got a new book coming out in February called How God Loves Us, 40 Days to Discover discovering his character in the fruit of the spirit. And I'm just thrilled just to have you back on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks, Camp. I'm so glad to be back. Well, I am looking forward to hearing what you have to say today, and I'm looking forward to hearing what passage you have for us today. So let's dive in. Jess, what do you have? So Luke 15, 7 says this, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need repentance. So let's just go, first of all, with what is being said in this verse. Can you just put this in your own words? There's a comparison in here somewhere. And what's Jesus saying? So what Jesus is saying to us is this. He would rather have someone who screws up and says, I see that I've screwed up Hmm. than someone who thinks they do everything right. This verse comes at the end of a parable of lost sheep. It's actually right in the middle of um, three stories or parables on lost things. If you aren't familiar with what a parable is, it's kind of a fancy word. It's a short story that Jesus told in order to explain something that has a deeper meaning. In Luke 15, one through seven, Jesus is telling a story of a shepherd who loses one sheep and goes out to look for it. When he finds the sheep, he rejoices and carries it home. So Jesus told this story in response to the Pharisees who were like the really religious or the people who did everything right during his time, like the good people. He told the story in response to those people calling him a friend of sinners, and they didn't mean it as a compliment. They thought Jesus was hanging out with all the wrong people, and they were right. Jesus always loved the company of scoundrels. What they were wrong about was that Jesus was interested in only being around people who were considered good by their religious community. So in this verse, Jesus has a bit of a surprise for us because at least the people that he was writing to and hanging around with originally, they were surprised by his actions. And sometimes we can be surprised by the words of Jesus here that I'm just going to read it again. So this is Luke 15, 7. Here's what God's word says. Jesus says this, I tell you in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. So Jess, I want to ask this, why? Why is there more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 who don't? I think we're often wrong about what we think makes Jesus happy. We think that someone who follows all the rules and then even more rules and then even more rules on top of that is the one that makes Jesus and the the inhabitants of heaven rejoice. We think that's what makes him happy. But what we learn in this story and actually, like I mentioned, is the two stories that surround it is what brings Jesus joy is when sinners, the ones who do everything wrong, repent and come home to the Father. Hmm. 
See, God's joy is complete and made to overflow when a sinner realizes they need a savior. I know in my own life, when I sin, especially when it's a sin I continually give into, and it's a sin I know I shouldn't give into, I tend to feel ashamed, right? And I think, surely God is sick of me asking for forgiveness for this sin. He must be so disappointed in me. I'm so disappointed in myself. My default is to think that God will forgive me, but he, he's only going to forgive me because he has to, like kind of going to forgive me begrudgingly. Mm-hmm. But this verse tells us a different story, right? This verse reorients our thoughts and reminds us that God is not like us. When we repent, he's joyful. He's not annoyed. He's not thinking, ah, again, he's joyful. See, repentance is just agreeing with God, right? About who he says he is and who we say he is. It's just this agreement. I did something wrong. I need a savior, which is what he is preaching and telling us all throughout scripture. So I think the thing that it teaches us, that the thing that is surprising to us is that Jesus experiences joy when we repent, not when we sin, but when we say, oh, I've really screwed up. Mm-hmm. See, I think we think Jesus is only happy with us when we do it all right. Mm-hmm. And this verse is like, you're not going to do it all right. Jesus is happy. Heaven rejoices when a sinner repents. Yeah. Thank God that we're not twisting his arm to forgive us. This is why yeah. the father sent the son to die for us because he loves us and he is providing forgiveness for us. That's a yeah. great reminder. So how did this become so important to you? This verse, what's yeah. your story here? Yeah. I mean, I grew up thinking the exact opposite of what this verse said. I grew up thinking um, that the only way that I could bring joy or happiness to God was by being the righteous one, being the one who did it all right. And so then I actually hid from God, which is silly to think, right? To think, oh, I'm going to hide my sins from God and somehow he won't know. Mm. (laughs) And so I hid from God and I didn't, I didn't enter into this joy. See, not only does God get joy when I repent, I get joy when I repent. I actually enter into the celebration that's happening in heaven. Mm. A lot of times we think of repentance as this woeful, sorrowful, and yes, it should be, we should be sorry for our sins. But there's another element to this here. And that's that when I repent, heaven rejoices and I can enter into that joy. My whole life, I thought it was the only way that God could experience joy. The only way I could experience joy would be if I did it all right. And that's impossible. And that's why Jesus had to come do it all right for me so that I could enter into his joy by repenting and believing that he was the perfect one on my behalf. That's so good. So I wonder about how this might be misheard, Jess. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like there's maybe a ditch on one side of the road or the other that we should avoid as we're trying to think through? Yes, there's joy when I repent, but we need to remember that means we need to keep these other factors in mind as well. What are some of those ditches we need to avoid while we're enjoying the goodness of the forgiveness that Christ provides? Right. So enjoying forgiveness doesn't mean I'm like, great, let's do it again right? Do I keep sinning so that grace abounds? No. Enjoying forgiveness means I take this good and perfect gift and let it change who I am. The more joy I feel in who he is, the more joy I feel when I repent, the less likely I will do that sin again, because I find my satisfaction in him instead of in the thing that I did wrong. So when we find our satisfaction in repentance, when we find our satisfaction in who God is, 
our hearts won't be drawn away as much to the other things that we think are so important. These other ways that we we sin and, and say, God isn't enough for me. I need this too. I need to be the best. I need to be famous. I need to be whatever it is, fill in the blank. I need to be right. When we find our joy in who he is, those other less than things will actually take their rightful place and become less than. Yes, that's fantastic. So one question, as you know, we like to ask on the podcast is, what does this verse teach us about our God? So how would you answer that question about Luke 15, 7? I mean, I think it's who God says he is all throughout the Bible. He is long-suffering. He is patient. He longs that we would all come to repentance. And so what does this say about God? He's a welcoming father. He has his arms spread open to you. So if you were feeling that tug, oh, my life isn't as it should be. Oh, I, I did this thing and I know it wasn't what I should be. Your father is waiting for you so that he can have a party over your repentance. Jess, it has been so great to have you on the podcast again and yeah. to hear your heart about our father's heart when we turn from our sins. So I'm so glad that you pointed us to Luke 15, 7. Could you just take a moment and close our time praying this verse for all of us? Yeah. Father, thank you that you are a generous, loving, forgiving, welcoming father. Help us not to forget that about who you are. And so I pray that as we remember that, we won't be ashamed to admit our sins to you, that we will come to you, that we will repent and know that you welcome us with open arms and with a happy heart, and that all of heaven celebrates when someone repents. Help us to not think that we're so good we don't need to repent. Help us not to hide from you. Help us to come vulnerable and honest. And because of what Jesus has done for us, we can pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word on the Go. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.